Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard. Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast, the day after a home win in front of a, a quite raucous Thatcher's Gold stand, it has to be said. Joining me to talk about our win against Halifax Town is Ben Barrett and Dave Coates. Good morning. How are we, gents? He's back, the voice of positivity on a day that we can all be positive. <laughs> Watch out, folks, it's coming like a tidal wave. <laughs> yeah, it's been building up for the last two weeks um i can handle this pressure <laughs> it's a great morning rather than a good morning i'd say yeah yeah it really really was wasn't it just so nice to be able to put to, and see everything that we've been talking about again i you guys have both seen a game of football this season i haven't yet so it was my first chance to really see a lot of it and i really really enjoyed how we've become this horrible football club that will not let anyone past um you know what? When we when we talked preseason about having a new defensive mindset and sort of we're going to be hard to beat and all the rest of it, there's very easy to become quite oh god, it's going to be one of those, is it? We're going to be we're going to be dragging out one nil wins. We're going to be lumping the ball forward to Joe quickly. It's all going to be a bit rough and ready. But actually, that wasn't the case yesterday at all. We were defensive. We were we were strong. We were quote robust. We had great characters to borrow a phrase. But at the same time, it was still a really good, positive performance. And so for me, if that's what he's been aiming for, 
with this defensive resoluteness to get rid of all the errors and get rid of the lapses in concentration, I'll take them one nils all day long. They get a bit nervy towards the end. It's not going to be easy for the old ticker from 80 minutes onwards. But I tell you what, that was a really, really positive. There, I'm no doubt we're going to highlight a few players throughout this chat. But yeah, there were some really positive performances in there. How did it come across on the telly? That's always the thing I want to want to know about when I've been at the game. It's interesting to hear what you know the pundits were saying, what what the general feeling was um, on the TV. I think, from, well, from what what I heard, even with my ears, uh, they were all very all very positive about us. I think they did speak about how we frustrated Halifax, and I think when we spoke the other week, uh, the other day, I should say, um, I mentioned Old Chuck Town weren't the best side we'll play. Halifax Town came into that game on the back of two wins on a on a real confidence size, um, as as we heard on the last podcast. So, so they were a decent side, and they do they do have some good players, but I think. What what I heard being spoken about was that we 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 nullified them, we frustrated them, we um and and yet we still had something ourselves going forward. So probably not as dissimilar um uh, uh review that Ben just gave there. But the the other thing I thought was for less than two thousand people inside the ground, it sounded very good coming through my speakers as well. That atmosphere sounded fantastic for less than two thousand people. I will say this. I did on occasions feel like they referred to Halifax being slightly more disappointing yeah. rather than us being good. And I think actually the reason the Halifax were disappointing is because we were in a position to nullify. They were disappointing because Jordan Slew didn't see a second of the ball. They were disappointing because every time Matty Worthington, uh, Matty Warburton, sorry, picked the ball up, he was hounded by Dale Gorman and Josh Staunton. Billy Waters didn't get a kick of the ball. No. No. Didn't get a kick of the ball, and the changes they made, we just had an answer for absolutely everything defensively. Um, Gilmore came on, very, very good player. Didn't really get in the game, didn't really get going. Um, and whilst it's probably fair to say they weren't at 100%, the reason they weren't at 100% is because we didn't let them get there. We didn't let them get close. They were restricted to pot shots and set pieces. And when you've got set pieces and Luke Wilkinson in this do-or-die form that he seems to have found from somewhere not a lot's getting past him that tackle by Max Hunt at the end that's as good as a goal this is absolutely as good as a goal he gets that wrong he gets sent off concede the penalty haven't got him for three games let's not underestimate that honestly it was absolutely brilliant and at the same time we didn't look like we were just lumping a ball forward aimlessly yeah towards the end we were just hacking the ball clear and trying to chase it down but when we were actually playing there was some really nice link-up play, really easy football going forward. We kept it simple. We knew who our sort of exciting players were, who our creative players were, and we just let them crack on and let them do it, you know, make their own decisions. So a lot to like about, about everything. I, I do wish BT Sport would maybe give us a little bit more credit than maybe we got, as opposed to Halifax being poor. I do wish Matt Smith had said Hewish Park, not Hush Park. That's another day. <laughs> How many times has he been there? Not, it, it's not even difficult. It's <laughs> not even difficult. And I, again, there's a couple of things that just frustrate you like that. He was talking about um, Yeovil's home record and then the um, commentator, Adam, not Virgo, the other one whose surname eludes me. Wasn't it? Yeah, who then just rattled off a, a bunch of stats about how we were quite good at home at the back end of last season and things like that. And he said Hewish right. And Jeff Brazier, I thought, actually is a bit of a side interviewee clearly done his research clearly well spoken i thought he chatted to joe quigley really nicely at the end 
And then you get something like that at the start where you just think it doesn't take a lot of effort. I know these people are busy, but putting half Yeovil as well. Yeovil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is their much. It is their job. Yeah, yeah. and it's not like it's a difficult <laughs> thing to do. It's yeah, it, that, that that's a bit frustrating, but it did say look... they yeah they do sit there and they got a swanky trailer and a swanky trailer out the back of the um, Glover's sure Trust. That wasn't the uh, bar behind. <laughs> no, the other was at the other end. It was at the Glover's oh, Trust. Right. Martin Baker end, and they had um all the uh, yeah they had a swanky trailer looked very plush inside there. You think can't be that hard to just they weren't sat there reading through statistics then and pronouncing it was Matt Smith wasn't outside going hewish <laughs> and then came and went hush yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah I I want to I want to talk about the defensive side because there was a big thing that I. What I noticed yesterday was that our intensity, the way we defended, when uh, when Halifax got within a like certain part of the pitch, we were just on them immediately. And you know, Warburton likes to pick in those pockets of space and find gaps, and <clears throat> we were just onto it. And I think that's probably down to like the likes of Staunton and Gorman really protecting the back line. But Halifax, when we got into those spaces. They didn't defend with any real intensity. And I think that was the big thing I picked up on. The way we defended was so much more um, robust, as Darren likes to say, compared to what Halifax. I think that was a that was noticeable. They were quite happy to, you know, roll the ball around and keep possession. But even when they got in our in our eighteen yard box, there was no real cut through. They didn't force any issues at all. I think the only save Grant Smith probably had to make was the free kick. Free kick, yeah. And did, did it hit very well? Did it hit the post after it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He pushed yeah. it out and it was slew, wasn't it? Was it yeah, slew was on the back post there and he he smashed it off the post. Yeah, and that was the only real save he had to make. And I don't think I mean their keeper probably didn't have to make a tremendous amount of saves, but he was under pressure. That spell in the second half where we were just corner after corner after corner. They did not look comfortable in the slightest. We were really putting on the pressure. And I think I noticed the the way we the way we attack our set pieces now, there's obviously a lot of work going into that because when you've got Max Hunt, Josh Staunton, Luke Wilkinson and Joe Quigley on the pitch, you've got four huge blokes who are going to cause problems for most sides. And yeah, I think every time we got a free kick or a corner with Gorman's deliveries and Barnett's deliveries, they were they were bricking it. I, I do want to say about the, about the, about the keepers, um, it was noticeable that their keeper, Johnson, Every time he came out to claim something, it was a little bit flappy handsky. It was a yeah. little bit um, unsure of it. He got a couple of free kicks. One of them was for his own player that fouled him, and he got the free <laughs> kick. Um, but he was—he didn't exude confidence. No. When they got a corner, Grant Smith came out and punched a ball about forty yards towards the halfway line. Just plow through anyone who needed to get in his way. Doesn't matter. I'm getting that ball. I'm claiming it. I'm punching it miles clear. And that must feel so confident. I liked Adam Smith last season. I liked him a lot. He had his eccentricities. He had his moments. But I wonder if if Grant Smith is just going to provide this, this solidifying confidence behind them that if it does go beyond, we're okay. We're okay. We're going to chase back. Like you say, we're going to put so much pressure and so much hustle on their on the opposition forwards and then we've got someone like grant smith who is just going to be mr reliable as he was for chesterfield at the back end of last season um but he yeah he was really really impressive for me not having to do an awful lot but you felt like he was always there ready to do it if he was called upon 
he seems like a calm presence at yes. the back, which I don't think Adam Smith was necessarily a calm goalkeeper. And I mean, any goalkeeper who pulls off a Cruyff turn in his own box is uh, fine by me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Grant Smith is someone who I am increasingly growing to to like over the course of the first few games. We'll concede some goals. That's fine. We're going to be under a lot of pressure, but I feel like he's going to provide us that solidity, that solidity just to waste time at the end, just to get the ball, sit on it, and just go right, breathe, just buy yourself a few seconds. That kind of that kind of action's just going to make life a little bit easier when we are under the cosh a bit. Should we talk about the penalty, Coates? Uh, Quigley after 15 minutes is becoming a bit of a trend, um, but the build-up to that penalty from from the angle we were at on the commentary yesterday, you know, it was a great ball in by Sonny sort of ricocheted around in the box and then Knowles was sharp and onto it and he was probably hoping he was going to get a nice shot at goal and open his account but was there on the on the ball to to earn the foul was it was it clear cut on on the replays yeah yeah I think there was certainly enough contact in there for it to be and, and their guy didn't complain about it that much I don't think there were a couple of angles that you saw it from and you thought, well, he's probably gone down down easy. But, I mean, in comparison with some uh, you know, penalties you see given, there was there was more than enough contact there for it to be a penalty. And like I say, Pete Wilde, I mean, that, that <laughs> bloke would complain about anything, I think, but uh, by the sounds of it. But he was saying it was never a penalty in a million years, but there was more than enough contact. And all of the commentators, I mean, Adam Virgo, I know if you read through Twitter to, about Adam Virgo, every supporter, of every National League club thinks he hates them. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, but even even he said, you know, he said, yeah, that's a penalty for me. So I, I don't think there was any doubt. There was one one just after where I think Knowles uh, did probably uh, make a little bit more of it than than was necessary, which was never a penalty. So yeah, I thought by and large the referee had a had a pretty decent game. We obviously picked up the traditional bookings, didn't we? But um, but yeah. It yeah, was, it was always a penalty and a, and a, and a good finish as well. He said, um, uh, was it? They said something about he, he sent the keeper the wrong way, but he just smashed it down the middle, didn't he? So, uh, quickly. So, yeah, he looked uh, very, very confident. I didn't think he looked, um, say, an older shot. He, when he got the ball, he looked like he was going forward a lot more. When he got the ball yesterday, I didn't think he looked too attacking in the same way he did there. He didn't want to pick it up and, uh, and, get on his toes with it but but yeah I thought he had a he had a he had a good game what the yeah. manager said after the game so about any keep any striker 12 yards out with only the keeper to beat should be scoring but I was a bit harsh but there we go <laughs> he had a couple there were a couple moments I think early on he sort of got running at their defense didn't he and had a shot that sort of bit of a p-roller towards mm. the keeper and there was that moment in the second half where he had Tom Knowles to his left and Charlie Wakefield to his right it was a three on two and I think if he'd picked either one of them we might have got a second but you know he's confident and he wants to take it on on his own so fair play to him I think Adi Yusuf had the same a couple of times <laughs> where... oh, I was screaming pass it pass, there's two of them pass it and then he just sort of like ran out onto yeah I mean, I think he got a bit excited because the fans were chanting uh, if Yusuf scores, we're on the pitch. Oh, right. So okay. I have a oh. feeling he was, um, yeah, maybe he was hoping for that a little bit. No sleep, no goals. He's <laughs> having less sleep than you two at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no goals, so no I thought, yeah. And the second, the, the second Knowles 
the Noel shout for another penalty. We thought he'd given it because the angle of it, the referee pointed in it, it looked like he was pointing to the spot, but he was actually pointing to the a goal kick. I heard a cheer go up, and I was like, "What? Yeah, no, <laughs> never a penalty." But there we go. Yeah. What do you think of Noel's yesterday? I feel like he's playing a slightly different game this season. Yeah. Um, I think he's playing a little bit more traditionally as a winger. Um, he, he, I don't know what Duracell batteries we've found, but he just isn't isn't stopping. Not for anybody. At some point, he was Jordan Barnett got turned at one occasion, and then there was a sliding tackle out of nowhere, and it came from Tom Knowles, and it was quite late on, and he'd run himself into the ground, and he'd really chase back. And I'm, I, it was something that Charlie Wakefield alluded to in his post-match chat that everyone's really fighting for one another at the minute everyone's really working to get the same outcome as a team and he he maybe hasn't scored yet and he obviously had a great pre-season didn't he but he is working so hard it's a little bit different for him I'm not sure whether he feels like the goal scoring pressure isn't on him anymore like it was at the back end of last season but he's playing just as well for me it's very easy to sit there and say no goals I'm not sure if he's officially got any assists yet but he is seriously impressing me and just in terms of just we just want players to put an almighty shift in for the good of the team and you know what there were times that he should have had the ball past him like on that three on two but actually he he gave Joe Quigley as much chance of scoring by providing the space and dragging the defender and giving people something to think about so for me yeah, maybe he's not grabbing the same headlines as he did at the back end of last season or even during pre-season this year. But such a vital player for us. Do you know, I think people probably know about him a little bit more than they did yeah. last year as well. Yeah. I said that yesterday. I thought he's quiet in that respect because people have caught on to what he can do. And when he picks up the ball, there was, there was a couple of occasions where um, the Halifax fullback was deliberately sort of trying to show him onto his right foot every time because he knows he's going to try and do that cut in and thing and we're sort of making him do it and making him find a, a pass rather than like getting caught out watching him cut inside and shoot so yeah I think teams are a bit more wary of Tom Knowles this year but that means they're less wary of Charlie Wakefield getting down the right hand side and I thought he was again fantastic yesterday I thought that he's just got that determination to beat a man and get a cross in and there was Two or three times, there was one where he whipped it across, and I think, who was it at the back? Was it Deborah? Threw himself at it. It looked like it was almost going yeah. in, and he threw himself at it. And then there was one where he, oh, I think actually it was Gorman, chopped it up to Quigley and on the back post in the Ricky Lambert position. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, I thought Wakefield did really well. I mean, they all did really well yesterday. It was a real battling team performance, wasn't it? It felt like to me that there was almost... Um, a very simple formation. It was a 6-4. <laughs> back four, the other two, Staunton and Gorman, and then the other four were just told, you guys crack on. You guys crack on. Do whatever you got to do. And it's something that I've, I mentioned to you guys last night in the chat, that the freedom that Knowles and Wakefield have just to try and go and be as creative as possible. And Chuck Lowe Everton in there as well. And, and then eventually quickly, and or Yusuf will have that throughout the season. But they just had the freedom. They knew that they could just go. And as long as they were willing to put the shift in when an attack broke back and they had to get back and do a bit of defending, they just didn't have to second guess themselves. They didn't have to worry too much about what was going on behind them because they have that confidence in that six, seven, if you include a Grant Smith. So 
I, I love seeing that freedom. I want to see that so many times. I love seeing a, a Gorman just pick a ball out and their immediate thought is hit the corners because that's where Knowles and Wakefield are going. That's where, can we get it up to Quigfield who can play a little sideways triangle? Who, you know, those kind of things just allow that attacking freedom. If we are going to have to soak up pressure, the other four just crack on. And I, yeah, that's, that's really, really positive. If this is just the start of it and it's only going to get better, that was really good for me. Here he is. We are bathed in a tidal wave of positivity. <laughs> Someone tell me I'm wrong, though. That's no, it. No, like, no, you I can tell me I'm wrong. Think, I don't think you're wrong. But I, I have a question, though. If you if you win a penalty, does that count as an assist? I don't think it does. No. no. <laughs> you're the last, the last person involved in the action before the goal was scored. Does that count as an assist? No, I don't think so. Okay, I mean, the referee has to give it, so probably the, the referee... referee's got an assist. Right, okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a fun afternoon at Hewish Park. It was nice, and I I tweeted last night. I'll never take for granted another home win with a screaming terrace. The last time I was there covering a match with Three Valleys was the three three draw that we had with Dover that went to penalties, and the silent penalty shootout. There was just no noise at all, and I think it was just. Uh, I had goosebumps at the end because we've not I've not seen Yeovil Town win at home in front of a crowd since Wrexham yeah. in 2020. That was like March 2020. And it was just a real moment. You know how we said about the older shot, the end of the older shot game coats where they had the flag and that felt like a moment. Again, yesterday, their first win in front of home fans um on television that again felt like another moment for this team that really built the confidence and just seeing jordan barnett run up to the terrace and yeah, he jumped in the crowd yeah yeah. yeah yeah he went he just he's just so into it and i think it was it what's he tweeted last night about we found our a great replacement for carl dickinson like that number three shirts being well, filled I mean, by if he's saying that i mean something doesn't it <laughs> i think he likes him oh. Um, but the way we all do. Jordan, yeah. run Jordan, I think, I think run, run Stilker. I think we all do. It's such a simple thing, isn't it? Maybe it was, what is it about that number three shirt? Crikey, we've had a few down the years, but it's such a simple thing. Just give a damn. Just give a damn. There was a shot of Josh Staunton signing autographs and signing shirts 30 seconds after the final whistle had gone yesterday. It's yeah. so simple. It's so simple. Just yeah. care about the team you're playing for. It's the, it's the old horrible cliche, play for the name on the front, we'll remember the name on the back. Well, we will remember Barnett. We will remember Staunton because they're giving almighty levels of, of a damn about this group. And that for me is, um, yeah, is, is such a, a really nice place to be because it's something we haven't had and something we've called for a number of times. So we've got two out of three at the moment. I think... We can probably look at Kings Lynn as a bit of an anomaly in that the formation we started with was not what we'd done all pre-season and it's, we haven't done it since then because we've now got the personnel. Um, the squad looked a bit more balanced. They all seem like they're really playing for each other. We had 10 men in the first game, <laughs> 11 men for the next two. Um, so... At what point do we say we're going to win the league? We already have them, man. <laughs> we already have. Yeah. Win them all. <laughs> win them all. Bring that back. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, I said, I said uh, against Oldershot, they won't be the best team we play by a long shot. Like I said, Halifax were a, a, were a better side than um, than Oldershot, and we nullified them, as has already been alluded to through our own play, um, more so than than theirs. The teams we've got coming up will be better than that again, um, so they'll pro- they'll pose another challenge. But you know, we're going to we're going to Stockport, who by their uh, standards, won't be happy with the start that they've made. Um, whereas we can go in there thinking, with the exception of that first game, we're very happy. I mean, we're what comfortably we're above where I predicted we'll finish, and we've only played uh, played a game less than everybody else. So, um, so yeah, I, I think we could go into Saturday uh, feeling confident. I think the pressure's on Stockport with the money they spent. There'll be a big crowd in there again. I'm sure. I know we're not all the way to next weekend already. But, um, yeah, we should be absolutely confident about wherever we go now, I think. Yeah, it's fair that there are challenges ahead. And, for example, I'm not sure we can maintain this level of intensity for 46, 50 games this season. I'm not sure we can. We are going to have periods where we feel a little bit flat, where we take a little bit of extra time to get going, where we where we have to kind of accept a game or two might just be a bit horrible. Um and, you know, we're going to miss players through suspension. Staunton's already on three yellow cards. We've only played three games. <laughs> He's two away from missing out. So we are going to have differences, and it's very nice to have this consistency. How nice has it been to pick the same back four, by the way? Back five for a couple of games in a row now. Um, so there are challenges, and no one's, no one's against that. But I think that Great to see Alex Bradley back in in the fold yesterday. We've got Jack Robinson to come in, who I think the gaffer is actually quite excited about. We had him. He's the longer of the two loans. I thought Dan Moss was absolutely fantastic yesterday. My man of the match, actually. I thought he was incredible at right back. Um, And so there are players that can come in. You like to think that Sonny Blue is going to be getting a little bit more into games. Uh, Adi Yusuf's fitness is going to be up there. We will eventually get Reed and Little back. We will eventually get a slightly bigger squad. The gaffer alluded to that he kind of wanted one more. He almost had one more and it fell through. So there are challenges, but I feel like those challenges at the moment have at the very least an option or an answer. Stockport's going to be very difficult. I'm no doubt we'll chat in a little bit more detail about it on the, at the back end of the week, but it's going to be very difficult, very different challenge away from home, but They've scored two goals, a couple of nil-nils. Why not? Why not go there and try and have a crack at them? I, I think... Noticed... Oh, go on. No, you go, Dave. Uh, I was just going to say, I noticed on the on the TV, and I don't know if you saw it, Ian, but the, the sports scientist, you maybe just noticed him because we know about him now because Ben asked that question. Um, at the don't, um... don't talk about me asking questions. They don't like it when I ask questions. <laughs> I know, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I won't ask you. Yeah, don't ask any questions. Just answer them. But, um, uh, yeah, I noticed he was like, and say handing out little bottles of things that people were drinking, um, but uh, but it, but he also seemed EPO. to be you know, yeah exactly. I don't know what it was, but let's not ask that question. And then at the end of the game, when they were doing the interviews, you saw that he was there with the with the substitutes as well. So he's obviously having um, uh, you know having an effect as well. And exactly the point that Ben made there about we're going to need. <laughs> with with the size of the squad that we've got, we're going to need those players kept as um, as fit as we um, as we can. And uh, we've also got uh, Scott, isn't it? Scott Wickens, the the sports scientist. Yeah. So we've now got his mum following us on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> hi, Yvonne. Thanks for the follow. And uh, your son seems to be doing a good job. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, it is noticeable how much more prepped the players seem to be in that respect. And he was a big part of one thing I noticed before Adi Yusuf come on yesterday. He was sort of making sure he was warming up properly. And I think he Adi came up at one point to come on and he said, no, go back and do a bit more. Um, so he's having an influence. And I think, you know, the fact we've played three games in seven days as well, like yeah. that, that I think getting past this spell was quite important because we didn't have the Wrexham game. We didn't have that opening day where we'd play, have a few days off and then go into this spell. We've gone straight in and started our season with three high intensity games. The first of which we had 10 men for the majority of it with. So I think a couple of players were pulling up with cramp yesterday towards the end. Max Hunt, after Max Hunt made that tackle, he cramped up. Who else did? I think Jordan was, Barnett he, had cramp. He, he at was one. cramping up. Max Hunt was cramping up before the challenge. Yeah. You, I saw a replay of it and you can see there's a moment where the ball skips beyond Jordan Barnett and Max Hunt almost has a bit of a roll the eyes moment of, oh God, I've got to chase this. <laughs> and you can see him almost half limping back. Yeah. He just, he just finds the extra five yards from somewhere, sticks a toe in, incredible. And they are absolutely right. They, I mean, Grant Smith celebrated with him like he'd scored a goal. Yeah. It was incredible. It really, really was. But that shows, that shows. Uh, to quote Charlie Wakefield after the game, unreal, unreal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a lot to like. One thing I did notice as well, I'm not sure if it's a difference. I'm not sure if it's always been the thing or whether or not it's simply because the BT cameras were there and focused on it. When Alex Bradley came on, despite the fact that it was the 90th minute, Saal and Bradley had a big flip book. Big flip book, yeah, whether it was set man. pieces, whether it was just phases of play of this is you now, you're here, this is your man, you need to chase him, this is what it does. I'm not sure if that was a thing, I, I'd like to think it was a thing, but clearly there's an nth degree going on here. You talk about preparedness, they could have just chucked Alex Bradley on just to waste 30 seconds and told him to get the ball and stick it in the corner and just left it. <laughs> Go and do your thing, mate. But yeah. no, there's still three minutes here. You need to make sure you know who your man is. You need to make sure you know where you need to be at every different possibility. Out of the possession, you go here. In possession, you go here. That's good level of preparedness that I can very much get on board with. And if someone somewhere behind the scenes, whether it be Skiver, whether it be Sal himself, whether it be one of the backroom team, putting that effort in, yeah, like those, like those little nuances that if they're coming into the game that we've got or whether they've always been there, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Do you think it's a mandatory that the right side of our team has to have the same haircut? <laughs> Do you think yeah. that's what we're going to see Definitely, going forward? Because yeah. <laughs> Moss and Bradley put them next to each other. I'm not sure who's who. <laughs> and <laughs> Charlie Wakefield's also got the same hairdo as well. It must be must be a, a thing for early 20s. <laughs> It's what the cool kids are doing. It's what Pete Wilde tried to do as well. But he failed miserably, <laughs> the angry little black current. <laughs> Should we talk yeah. about Pete? <laughs> oh, what an angry little man. I yeah. think I had little man syndrome and got angry about the fact that I was significantly shorter than everyone else. <laughs> but that is an angry man. I hope he's all right. I hope he's okay. I hope he's got people around him because he is an angry little man. You described him in our chat quite well as like that angry face emoji, didn't you? With that little blonde quiff that he had. <laughs> Unbelievable. It yeah. was a penalty, Pete. Shut your face. And he was the one that started it. He, he had that. I think he's had that in his mind that it was going to be trouble down here. Yeah. Those bullying comments that, that, that me and Ed Hadwin asked, asked Darren Sahl about, 
those bullying comments, it's been in his mind. He, I don't think he wanted to come down the Jewish part. I don't think they really fancied it. I think that's a part of the reason why their performance was so flat. Because right early on, they've made their excuses. They've made their, they've made their sort of, uh, they've made their cake and now they had to eat it. He thought that they were going to get bullied and pushed and it was going to be horrible and nasty and he didn't want anything to do with it. Well, fine, <laughs> disappear then. Don't bother making the trip, mate. <laughs> Honestly. And the, the irony of it is, it didn't feel like we were really, it wasn't that type of game at all. We imposed ourselves defensively, like well within the laws of the game. There was no snidey holding on, shirt pulling. I mean... I thought Halifax were all sizzle, no stake. They knocked the ball around nicely in front of the 18-yard box, but they never really did much. And yeah, we didn't, they weren't, you know, we weren't scything them down or making But those... he made his mind up already yeah. that that's how it was going to be. Yeah. He made his mind up on Wednesday that that's how that game was going to go. And I have a feeling, you know, that would have been an easy easy team talk for Darren Saab as well. I think. Why do you think I brought it up? Why well, he, he said to you, up? didn't he? Darren Sell said to you, "Oh, maybe this is keeping Pete awake at night. Maybe it was. <laughs> yeah, maybe he hadn't had much sleep, and that's why he was uh, why he was so angry." But yeah, I've just written down all sizzle, no steak. I like that one. I've, I've got that one noted down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Is there anything we want to talk about before we take some questions? Well, I had a question before the questions for the two of you. Because I I mentioned it on uh, on Twitter uh, during the game, Sunny Blue. So uh, he, he he I think I said this wasn't the game for him, um, and um, but he obviously has some quality. Whenever he got the ball, you could you could tell that he had something about him. He did do a couple of little things that made made you think. I, I noticed in his post match interview, the manager was asked about him, and he obviously had some kind words to say about him, which I, I agree. But somebody was it Gareth? I think it was um, uh, on on Twitter said, uh, "What do you think Sunny Blue's game is? You know, what is the game for him if this isn't the game for him? What do what do the two of you think to that?" What is the game for Sonny Blue if, if that wasn't it? <laughs> the silence is great, isn't it? Monopoly. Monopoly. No, I don't, I don't know because he, he got sponsors man of the match, which I didn't really agree with. No evidence. Yeah, yeah. He picked up the sponsors man of the match, which totally surprised me because I thought Josh Staunton was an absolute machine yesterday. I thought he was phenomenal. He's um, still my beating heart. <laughs> but I don't know, Sonny, he, he, I think he got a lot more time and space on the ball as the game opened up towards the middle of the second half. But at that point, he looked leggy to me. And, you know, he's 18 years old. He's <laughs> And the intensity of the game, like having to track and concentrate in that position as well because he wasn't really you know he was having to do work because Quigley was left up um on his own so he was a bit more sort of in between so he's having to come back and also having to go forward I think probably his game is maybe one where we do have a bit more of the ball and he gets a bit of time it's difficult isn't it I think if he gets once he's a bit more match fit and he's got 90 minutes in the tank in him then I think we'll see the benefit of him towards the end of games. And I think there are a couple of moments yesterday where had he not been leggy, we might have seen a, an assist or two from him because he picked it up in good spaces. There was a moment where he was sort of 
on the on the halfway line and Charlie Wakefield was in acres of space on the right hand side and he was a bit head down all looking left he was just looking at what was short and what was in front of him there whereas had he put his head up he could have put Charlie Wakefield in on goal I think there was so much space on the right hand side so yeah I think it's a fitness thing probably and an 18 year old getting used to the rigors of regular men's football and I think that's one of the things you know we saw Darren Sahl had a bit of a reluctance to play the likes of Gabby Rogers and Jack Clark and those last season. Whereas he hasn't got a lot of choice now, especially with Reed's injury. I think one, maybe Addy will be first choice once he's fit. But I think for the meantime, Sonny's going to play a lot of football and Darren Sahl wants him to, by the sounds of things. If he's, he's pushed for this deal and Sonny's family have pushed for this deal, you know, why is he not going to play him? That relationship's there. He's going to trust him. And yeah, I think it'll be a matter of time before we see something a bit more, you know, evidential from him from a statistics standpoint. But yeah, I thought he's, for an 18-year-old having to do a lot of work in that game, I thought he he performed really well. Yeah, the manager said after the game, he needs to trust, his, trust what his eyes tell him more. Uh, yeah. And it'll be even quicker and sharper. So... Yeah, and smoother, he said. Yeah, and that's probably a good point. He did. He looked like he was thinking a little bit, yeah. rather than reacting on instinct. And you know, a lot of the best footballers they know exactly what they're going to do before the ball's even got to them. And I think again, it's just a relationship with teammates as well. Once he knows exactly where Quigley's going to be, because that was his second start, wasn't it? He started against Aldershot, didn't he? Or did yeah? He did, yes. So, yeah. you know, he's played a lesson. Did he come off as well against Old yeah. Shot? Earlier yeah. as well. Yeah, so he hasn't played 90 minutes yet with those teammates. But yeah, I think it's it's promising. He's, he's certainly... He didn't look like an 18-year-old on the pitch. That's one thing I'd say. Yeah, I think the more possession we have in certain games, the better he'll be. If he's only got finite number of chances to make an influence when we've got the ball... At his young age, limited experience, bit of a pressure on him. He might make the wrong decision a couple of times. You gave that Charlie Wakefield example as one. So he might make a few sort of incorrect decisions. Um, but if we get into a game where we are possession heavy, I think that's I think that's all three games now where we've not had the majority of possession. We've given up possession to the opposition. Um, I was looking at the stats last night. I think it was about 47% for us, 43%, I think, and 57 for them. So we maybe need a little bit more possession to see the very best of him. But as he grows in confidence and fitness and, and gets to know his teammates and those around him, I think actually, yeah, he's going to just get better and, and better and better. I probably wouldn't have named him as man of the match yesterday. I thought he was fine, but I'm not sure he was man of the match. I went Moss. The TV cameras went Wilkinson. You've gone for Staunton. <laughs> Who'd you go for, Dave? I, I just said Wilkinson as well. Yeah, going with the, the yeah, but like you said, it, they, they could have been a few of them. All of those, uh, Barnett was very good again. Wasn't Barnett it? was fantastic. And Hunt, like I think the manager said, Max Hunt had the best game for the club, uh, and that tackle alone at the end that you've already mentioned was uh, was a good one. So yeah, and I think any of the back four you could have uh, you could have given it to, but I did like Moss, and I did like Moss at Aldershot as well. Looked uh, looked uh, looked a very good player, and they said on the on the TV that he's also playing for Millwall under 23s at the same time as being on loan for us. So. Yeah, that's an interesting one. We're going to we're, we're going to keep an eye on that. I noted that down when I was watching yesterday yeah. that because it's a youth loan, he can split his time equally. I'm not sure what the Millwall under 23 schedule looks like, 
but he will be traveling a bit there and back. Whether or not he's training with us every day, that kind of stuff, I don't know. So we'll keep an eye on that. We will keep an eye on Millwall under 23's um, season as it progresses to see if he uh, plays plays any time or, or gets sent off or injured or anything like that. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. In the same way, we're going to try and keep an eye on the under 18s because they had a heck of a start yesterday, winning eight nil. That'll do. So hopefully we can find a few out of there as well to bulk the numbers up. That'll be nice. Okay, back with the questions. We got a few here. Here we go. Uh, we'll blast these off quick. Show it is early doors on a Sunday morning. James Drew, he's got a couple. Uh, you can pick only one for the season. FA Cup fourth round, final of the FA Trophy, or seventh position to sneak in the last playoff place? Oh, Not the FA Cup, because you can get the FA Cup fourth round and play Tosh the whole way. That's not a guarantee of playing anyone good. So we're, I'm canning that one. I would quite like to win the FA Trophy. Or is it, is it final? Well, it's it's final, final, yeah. Oh, no guarantee of us winning it. Playoffs. <laughs> I mean, there's no guarantee of us winning anything in there. No. <laughs> Playoffs. I'd say the final of the trophy because oh. I don't because I don't think we're going to. Um, I don't think we we, we we could go up with playoffs even with the wave of positive. Yeah, you get to choose. We're, we're riding on now. Yeah, but we but like you say, seventh place sneaking to the playoffs and then losing the first eliminator or whatever. Whereas you know there there'll be a run to the trophy final, won't there? You could see that, and it'll be a it'll be a, another good day out and all that. I'd, I'd I'd go for that if we can win the trophy final as well. I'll I take sneak into the playoffs so we can give ourselves a chance of getting out of this horrible league over everything. I think. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm the same way too. I think I'd like Darren Sal to get a trophy at the end of the season. Um, so turning down the FA Trophy is difficult. Get a bit of silverware for this group wouldn't be a bad thing in any stretch of the imagination. But I'm going to take our chances on that silverware being the playoff final. Okay, uh, James Drew again. Your favourite player to ever be released and a player who should have been given more of a chance at Yeovil that was released. I'm not allowed to mention him. It's against the rules. I'm not allowed to, <laughs> me- I'm not allowed to mention him. Viva Ronaldo. No, no, <laughs> not him. The one that plays for Wales. Oh, yeah, Kiefer Moore. Yeah, we can't talk about Kiefer Moore. Can't we? I never, I never knew this rule. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never, we're, we're going to have to write these down. No, because what happens, yeah. as soon as anything happens with Kiefer Moore, you get, it's like Yeovil fan civil war. I always thought he was good. I always thought he was useless. Like, it's just how it goes. It's a pointless conversation. We did see a lot of Kiefer Moore, though, didn't we? He, he did play quite a bit for us. Maybe but he then got released one. and then did really well for Wales at a Euros and a World Cup or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's been a few players that we've released that have been uh, that have gone on to do all right, haven't they? Um, I mean, Tom Eaves, you could even say Tom Eaves went he, he yeah. left us, went on to Gillingham, I yeah. think, and then scored lots of goals for for for, for Gillingham. It's more about you know players playing out position. Chamanga, <laughs> Chamanga never he wasn't our player, was he? We loaned him. Yeah. He's, he's the answer for the one we would have liked to have seen given more of a chance and by more of a chance kick a ball in anger yeah 
I thought I thought this was the same. There's thing. a chant there. There's a chant there. Kick a ball in anger. Come on, go Shamanga. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> There's something. <laughs> to the tune of "Don't Look Back in Anger." Yeah, that, I was going with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I had, a, I, had a, I had a think about this, and I put together the two um, favorite player ever to be released. I'm not sure if you have, uh, and the, and should have been given more of a chance. I kind of put it all into one question, and I came up with. Do you remember Michael Woods? Yeah. He played for us in the second half of the season. I always thought he looked like a decent player. I don't think he played very much, and I seem to remember him getting sent off in that um, where we got battered by Stevenage, was it, in a season? Um, so I, I'd have gone Michael Woods as a player that we released that we should have, um, should have given more. Next Leeds and Chelsea. He was part of the duo that Leeds and Chelsea fought over. Yeah, yeah they have a big right, court case. They, yeah, and then went up to Hartlepool. After yeah. us. Harrogate, was he Harrogate? Yeah, that's right. He's a, he's a decent little player. Decent yeah, little player. yeah. I mean, the best player we ever released. I did look this back as uh, as well. Was uh, was obviously Gavin Williams, who was the yes. best player at the <laughs> yeah. end of the 2012-13 season. I did yeah. notice at the end of. I don't know what he means by this, and he he just uh, the last night. I don't know if this is you or me, Benny, saying it. And for a certain northerner, yes, Richard Hines was released. I don't know if you're the northern, and I'm. The, I mean, neither of us are northerners. Neither of us are northerners. We are temporary yeah. northerners. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't ever remember either of us saying Richard Hines wasn't released. No, but he was class. Yeah, and he he was released. He's right at the yeah. twelve end of the twelve thirteen season. I mean, I'm disappointed Ben hasn't said Don Blizzard, but um. No, because his agent got on my nerves and couldn't find him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So James, if you can just explain yourself, which northerner are you referring to here? <laughs> getting slightly attacked now. I'm going to get triggered by something. Anyway, move, move on. Clevo has actually put a question in without answering it this time. <laughs> well done, nice. Clevo. So, <laughs> out of all the new signings, who has impressed you most so far? Based on the last couple of games, um, and that's all we can base it on, isn't it? I'd say Dan Moss. Uh, yeah, I thought he was very good at older shot, and we've already said thought he was very good yesterday as well. Maybe closely followed by Charlie Wakefield, but I, 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 I really like what I've seen of Dan, Dan Moss. Curveball, I'm going with a goalkeeper for the permanent one. I think I'm really liking what Grant Smith brings to that back five. I really, really do. What about you, Ian? I think I'm going Charlie Wakefield, closely followed by Mr. Barnett. I think they're both... You know, they're both on their way to becoming extremely popular players just from the way they do not stop running. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want players who try. And those two really are trying extremely hard at the moment. So, yeah, I think both of them are up there for me. That was easy. That was easy. Well done, Clevo. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Clevo, who who have you been impressed by, Clevo? Yeah. Don't ask a question like that and not answer it, mate. Come on. What's the matter with not understand what a question is. Uh, Matt Crivelli's come back with another question, the same as last time. Uh, when will anyone else, other than Joe Quigley, score a goal? Against Stockport County. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. And who's going to do it? I mean, to I be fair, mad. I don't no, care. Um... <laughs> I don't, if, Scott, if, if Scott Quigley, no, don't say that. If Joe Quigley is the only player that scores for us and he scores every game, I'm quite happy with that. Is next Saturday El Quigley Co? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Scott, hasn't played. About that, he, yeah. Scott, Scott hasn't played for a couple of games. It's all about Joe. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I think, uh, sort of expanding on that one a little bit, I think the next goal is going to come from a defender because no one else really looks like they're going to score a goal. Like no one else is getting into those positions, particularly where you think, have a go. Addy did a couple of times yesterday, but I think we're more likely to do something on a set piece with our giants getting in the box than something, you know, unless Tom Knowles picks up the ball in a load of space and just smashes it in the top corner. They were doing that set piece thing where they all line up in the middle of the penalty area, weren't they? And then disperse as the as the yeah. corner comes in. So I mean that, Halli- that Halifax that did not enjoy that at all. Pete <laughs> was Pete upset about it, was he? Well, they the players looked upset and the keeper looked like he was having a panic attack every time yeah. it was happening he was as very well. So. The keeper, wasn't he? he was very, yeah, very whiny. whiny. Yeah, and every he every time he tried to get the ball out quickly joe quickly was oh, just like saw. standing in front of him yeah. <laughs> slowing down how he didn't get a book for that at any yeah. point i do not know because that was clearly a bookable offense i but... couldn't say it on the radio for obvious reasons but it was great shithousery oh he's gone there see i've i've tried to avoid saying naughty words so hey, you have you? to press the buttons that says there's naughty word in there and now you've just thrown it in there okay. i want to say shithousery about four times so far oh mate go for it yeah but now you've got to press the button that says there's naughty words in it so Kids might be listening. <laughs> well, fair play to them. They're listening yeah. to a good podcast. Very good podcast. Please vote for us <laughs> in the FCAs, by the way, kids, if you are listening. Get your bill payers permission. Yeah, I plugged um, that on Three Valleys yesterday, by the way. Did you? Well yeah. done. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll plug it on the BBC next week. <laughs> oh, get you. I'll plug it on the BBC. <laughs> oh, good, good luck with that. <laughs> BBC Ben. <laughs> Received pronunciation. Um... Okay, another question uh, with, from Cy Tyranno Tortoise on Twitter. With some fans advocating staying away to force Scott out, do you think this does more harm than good? Scott, who? Scott Wickens, the sports. <laughs> He's doing very well, isn't he, Scott I, Wickens? I, I think Everyone likes him. He's got his little turmeric yeah. shots. Very nice. <laughs> turmeric shots. Do you mean, Is that what they are? It's, do you mean turmeric? Turmeric? What? Turmeric? No. No, there's, an R, there's there's an R in there. I'm not having I'm not having turmeric. This is this, no this is this is Ben's BBC. Oh, BBC okay. Ben. Turmeric. Yes, that, oh, do we have to do, do we do we have to answer this one? Can we just have a nice positive after a win chat? Do we have to answer this one? Well, if you two or tell you two answer. He is still here, folks, but he, he hasn't quite flounced off. Yet, so. <laughs> well, um, I, I can only answer it this way. If I was in, if I wasn't 250 miles away from Pewis Park, I would have been there yesterday. So I don't know if that means it does more more harm than good. We spoke last week at length about what, or whenever it was, the last podcast, at length about what we thought about the whole situation with the, with the club's ownership. And I haven't changed my opinion about concerns about the future at all um but my view as a supporter is that i've always gone to games to to, to, to support the team and i've no plans to change anything people might think that that's um, that's wrong i don't go to home games not because i want to force the ownership out um because it's bloody miles away so um, <laughs> uh, so that's my reason for not going but if i if i were more local i, I would have gone and ian you did go so therefore you were you answered that one as well. Uh, yeah, and That's I think as one. as long as as long as we're winning winning matches, I don't think it makes a difference. 
the noise from the terrace yesterday was unbelievable and there was a real feeling of the fans were there helping the players get over the line yesterday it generally felt like that you know that they were the difference maker um by the end of the game because of just the level of support and i think it's possible to do both i think you know people can make their own minds up if they don't want to go because of that it's fine i don't really think it makes much difference in the grand scheme of things because you're still going to get people going anyway i think if you know if someone pulled a blackpool and just nobody went then things might change but we've been getting gates of you know around 2k two and a half k since frying hay whatever we so it's you know they probably plan for around those around those um gates so yeah i think it doesn't make a difference in my view dave you you weren't willing to travel 300 miles for a game i traveled 300 miles for a press conference i, I mean <laughs> yeah and a trip to the zoo and a trip to the zoo <laughs> not Great on the same day not on the same day though i did travel i don't know how many miles it was to older shop but uh, i did uh, obviously you know, being my hometown, I did uh, visit numerous members of my family while I was there as well. So, um, Another question, Andy at Yappam Road on Twitter. What formation are Town playing? A winning one. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Ben wants to get these out of the way, don't you? You want to go. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 6-4. It was a 6-4. It's a 6-4 formation. 6-4. It's a 4-2-3-1 if you want to break it down a little bit further. But it's a six-four. Six of you holding, breaking up, making others do the hard work, and then the other four are attacking. It's a six-four. There we go. He hasn't specified which town. It's Halifax yeah, town, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. They they <laughs> chopped and changed. They didn't know whether they were coming or going. They, they had, started. They had started five wing backs and they had five up front. At one point, uh, when they were knocking around between their back three, the wing backs were right up on our full backs and. The front three were just running around looking for space. They had like five up front at one point. Yeah. And by the end, Warburton was the one at the back blocking Adi Yusuf's late chance. Yeah. He was dropping deeper and deeper and deeper to try and find the ball because he was getting getting locked inside Dale Gorman's back pocket. He just couldn't get himself free. So he dropped deeper and deeper and deeper. They lost their formation. It's part of the reason why they didn't get back into the game and didn't look like getting back into the game. Um so they switched from a three to a four, according to according to the angry black current that is Pete Wilde, um, at half time, and he, he, yeah, they just didn't get it right. They didn't get it right. They went three four three. They tried wing backs. They tried they tried everything, and it didn't work. As for us, we knew exactly what we got. We got your flat four, your flat four, your two enforcers, Phil and Grant in the middle, and, <laughs> and then the four of them up front going. Going to try and make something happen at the other end. And last question from Clevo. He's done, oh, he's done two that he hasn't answered. Although I think he might have answered this one a little bit. Uh, is Pete Wilde a bully? Winky emoji. <laughs> he's a potty mouth. That's what he is. A potty mouth. He should be ashamed of himself. On before the watershed. I hope uh, any kids who are watching don't follow his terrible example. I noted uh, before the game as a bit of a, a light-hearted comment in the in the press conference with Darren Sal. I said he sounds to me like you're going to steal his lunch money. 
with all that bully comment. Well, now he's going to lose his lunch money to some FA fines, I think, after being a naughty boy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope he's learned his lesson. Um, yeah, angry little man. And, yeah. I've got to say, it's one of the things that I've really enjoyed in the um, the um that's come into football recently is the red carding of a manager. The actual <laughs> carding of a manager. There's... Yeah, Harry Kiel got one as well, didn't he? Which is a oh, massive shame. Yeah. Huge shame. I'm so, so... That's so unfortunate that he and that and his was a double yellow. Pete Wiles was a du- was a yeah. double yellow, and now Harry Kiel getting double yellowed. His second yellow came pretty quickly after the first one, didn't it? Second after the first one. <laughs> it was almost like his reaction to the first one got in the second one. Oh, Pete, we'll see you next time, mate. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Let's knock it on the edge, shall we, boys? Thank you very much for your time, as always. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll chat later this week. Yay! Yeah, big show. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.